Welcome to Colorful Conversations about all things home and decorating. I'm Tasha, the founder of Kaleidoscope Living. I love colorful decor, home decorating, and organizing all the things. And I'm Tia, Tasha's good friend, colleague, and type B counterpart. I know from experience that living your best life begins with creating a home you love. So on this podcast, we chat about DIY, home design, and life at home. And I know from experience that juggling kids, work, and life in general often means your home gets put on the back burner. Together, we bring two unique perspectives for some very fun and colorful conversations. Thanks for joining us. Let's do this. Yes. Well, hey, friends. It's Tasha here. I am here to welcome you to Season 4 of the Colorful Conversations podcast. I'm also sad to tell you that Tia is not here with us. <laughs> Fear not, she will be with us later in season four. She's going to be joining me after the first four or five episodes. I pinky promise. I know we are all going to miss her. I, me especially, I'm all alone in my closet, which is kind of depressing. <laughs> but the reason she's not here is we are doing something special to kick off the season. And we didn't really both need to cram ourselves in the closet to record these episodes. So what we're going to do for the first, I think it's five episodes, is we're going to feature some of my favorite interviews from the Beautiful Home, Beautiful Life Summit that I hosted last February. So if you're listening and you're like, uh, I don't know what that is, I am going to tell you about it. The Beautiful Home, Beautiful Life Summit is something that I put together last year. Um, it's a unique online event that brought together last year, I think it was 18 experts in the fields of um, organizing and decluttering, and then also interior design and styling to share their knowledge with people, people like you, people who are listening to this podcast. And at the time that I put it together, I had this big goal that 10,000 people would sign up for it. And y'all, I thought that was like a crazy goal. Um, I mean, I thought that was like a mega stretch goal. And it turned out that over 40,000 people signed up for it, which like blew my mind. We were overwhelmed to say the least, like in a great way. We were super excited that people were excited about it. But like there were tech challenges, we're a tiny little, tiny, a wee little tiny team. And so it was also overwhelming in like a scary way. Anyway, why did I put it together? Why, why do it? Well, um, you've probably heard me say this before if you follow me on Instagram and, and or have followed me for any length of time on any platform, I really really believe that if you don't love your home, you aren't living your best life. Um, I just think it's really crucial to your overall happiness and mental well-being to love um, your home environment and what surrounds you. And I think not enough people do. 
Uh, I think people have started to realize that more than ever during this pandemic. Um, but when I put the summit together for the first time last year, it was pre-pandemic. Um, so this year I feel even more passionate about the event. Um, so anyway, I put it together to help busy women, um, probably like yourself, people who are listening, um, I, I put it together to help busy women declutter, organize, and beautify their homes, okay? And why those three topics? Well, because I also believe that you really can't beautify your home until you have decluttered and organized it. Um, as Joe would say... <laughs> This might sound a little harsh, but as Joe would say, you can't polish a turd. That's a real Southern saying, and he's not even born and raised in the South. He's just picked up that little golden nugget along the way. Um, you can't polish a turd. And so, you know, you can add beautiful things and decor and accessories and furniture, but if you add them to a cluttered home, those those things are never going to be able to shine. So you have to declutter and organize and then you can decorate and beautify your home. So that's why those are the three topics that we have experts cover. So we did it last year. We're doing it again this year. This year it's going to be on February 16th, 17th, and 18th. My favorite part is that you can watch the sessions at home in your pajamas Y'all know that I live 75% of my life in pajamas, uh, and that was true pre-pandemic. Ever since I stopped practicing law in 2016, um, when I gave up wearing, you know, suits to work every day, it's like I just went to the complete opposite extreme and now I wear pajamas as much as possible. So I love that, you know, it can be watched however you're comfortable, whether that's in pajamas or not, um, and on your own time frame during those three days. Now, the way it works is um, each day, roughly 10 sessions go live each day. Um, and each session is available for 24 hours from the time it goes. So if it goes up on, you know, 9 a.m. on the morning of February 16th, it's available to watch for free until the morning of February 17th for a full 24 hours. That is true for every single session. So if we expect we'll have even more than 40,000 people sign up this year, so that means 40,000 people can watch every single session for free for the full 24 hours it's available. Um, if people want to be able to watch sessions at their leisure um, and want lifetime access to the videos, there is an option to purchase that. And it's a very affordable price. It's only $29 before the summit goes live. Um, so it's not expensive. That does get you lifetime access to the videos. You can watch them whenever you want, however many times you want. Um, now I, before anyone starts DMing me and asking questions, the registration for the summit will open 
February 1st, and that is the time that not only will you be able to grab your free ticket to watch the sessions live during the 24 hours that they're up, that will also be um, when you have an opportunity to buy the all-access pass if you choose to. But again, we want we just really want this information to reach as many people as possible. So if you want to watch it for free and you don't want to spend a dime, you can absolutely do that. All right. So let's dive back in time and go back to one of my favorite interviews from last year. I am going to now play for you uh, my interview with Nicole Blackman, who you can find on Instagram. Her handle is at Sweet Domicile. Nicole is such a sweet, sweet woman um, from the South, but she lives in Manhattan, where space is a premium, y'all. And she shared all her best tips for small space living and organization. And some of her tips blew my mind. So hers was one of my favorite interviews. Um, So let's do it. Let's listen in on that interview now. Cole, thank you so, so much for being here and doing this. I am particularly excited to chat with you because so many people in my audience when I announced that I was kind of putting this big summit together and I asked for input on what they wanted, what they needed help with. So many people said, I live in a rental and I I don't know how to customize it or what I can do. And I live and slash or I live in a really small environment with very little storage and it's an obstacle. And I was like, oh, wow. Nicole ticks two of those boxes. So thank you for being here. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. So if you would just start by telling us a little bit about yourself and what, you know, what your journey was to doing what you do, which is um, helping to inspire people to, to really turn a rented space into their own home, own unique home. So, um, okay, thank you again for letting me be here. I appreciate that opportunity. Um, but we live in New York City. I live here in a rental apartment with my husband, my son, and our dog, um, our old, very old dog. Um, we've been renters for the majority of our adult life, really. Um, we've lived in everything from a 500-square-foot flat in London to a row home in Capitol Hill. Um, we've lived in New York City for the majority of our adult lives. We've left twice and it's beckoned us back. Um, <laughs> so we get like that little New York City rental living. Um, initially, I started this whole sort of journey on sort of social media, just kind of trying try to inspire people with it. Yeah rental living and small space living. Um, we initially had moved to Nashville briefly a couple of, uh, about four years ago, and we were renting um, the smallest home in the neighborhood <laughs> that, was, that existed, apparently. Because um, as what we know, big seems very intimidating and daunting to us. Um, and so we were living there and, you know, didn't have a lot of friends. I was trying to figure out a way of connecting and decorating has always been sort of a hobby, a sort of an inspiration, something I just have loved to do. Mm-hmm. I was a little girl, um, but I needed a way of connecting and I just put a way of putting out my sort of creativity out there and connecting with others who also related that 
that got the reason why I wanted to like switch a pillow up or change decor around or, you know, paint a wall. And so my husband encouraged me to like start just a, a, an account, um, just to sort of inspire. And I thought, no one's going to care. No one's going to want to follow along on this journey of mine, but it grew and here I am. And I'm just so thankful. And it's just a way for me to just inspire others that know you might not rent you might not own your home right. but, and you might just be a renter, but yet you can still make it feel like it's yours and it's still doable. And just to put your personal stamp on it, I can't move in any rental space without slapping paint on a wall or doing something. Like I've never not done something. To something. The property. Yeah. Um, obviously with, you know, landlord approval, but um, so that's kind of how we, that's kind of how I ended up where I am today. Yeah. About four years ago. Well, I have got to tell you this, and I think you'll find it amusing, but I I have to share it with you because I know for a fact I cannot be the only person who falls into this category. I followed you. We followed each other on social media for a long period of time before I realized that A, you were in New York City, and B, that you were in a rental. I... I would, and it's such a testament to how amazing your talent is and how you're such an expert on these topics because I thought you were living in a single family home in suburbia. Like I had, you know, it just, it's your spaces do not in any way appear limited by the fact that you're in a rental or that you're limited on space. It's, you do such a beautiful job. So I just thought it was funny and I had to share like, it was a long time of me following you before I realized either of those things. So well done. <laughs> Thank you. I fooled you. <laughs> you it's not that you were trying to, but it, that's just, it's such a, really, it's such a testament to how you're doing these things so well and other people can do them too. So I'm very pumped. It's doable. It's doable. It's totally doable. Okay. <laughs> So paint a picture for us, if you will, because there are going to be a lot of people watching who are like, she doesn't, she, she doesn't get it. She doesn't understand how small my space is and how little storage I have. So walk us through, like, how much space are you working with? How many closets do you have? What are your limitations where you are? Okay. So the apartment that we're currently living in happens to be the bigger of the rental apartments that we've lived in, in the city. Keep in mind though, it's still an apartment. Yes. We're not living in a home. We don't have an attic. We don't have a garage. So what we right. have here is is what we have here. Right. Um, outside of if we have, we actually we have full disclaimer. We have rented a storage unit just to hold just to hold Christmas bins. It's a very tiny, like a three by something, like little cell that basically right. holds Christmas bins. But that's that's it. Okay. Um, so this apartment um, does it does tend to be a bit bigger than the other ones that we had. We mm-hmm. had as you know, we moved to this apartment last summer, yeah. and the apartment before this was just, it just it felt like a box. I mean, we felt like we couldn't move around. Every every time we try to like get around the dining table, we had to sort of do the shuffle to sort of get around each other or in the kitchen or changing, you know, passing each other in the hallway. Mm-hmm. It was all, it, it was very tight living. This one does feel a little bit more spacious, but we do still just have six closets. So, and those, what we have has to be stored into those six closets. So we each have a three, um, we have a two bedroom, um, a two bedroom, one bathroom, and the bathroom is quite small. Um, We have a kitchen that's, um, we have a little eating kitchen, which is the very first time we've ever had that, which feels like a huge gift, Um, but it needed a lot of love. I'll get to that. I'll get to that later. Yeah. Um, We each have a closed closet and we have 
two, we have a coat closet, a coat in our foyer closet, and we have a linen closet. Um, and then we have a very tiny, like skinny, skinny closet that I'm not even sure what it's for in the master bedroom. I don't really know what the purpose of it was, but we're just cramming stuff in there. Um, so that's what we're sort of working with. Now, our foyer closet is our coat closet, but we, it's like our garage. It's what your version and anyone else in like sort of suburbia might consider their garage. It stores our sleds. It has our luggage. It has our tools. It has our extra paint. It has um, obviously our coats, our dog gear. It literally has to hold. It's sort of the working horse of of our home. It's what yeah. I probably spend more time than I spend in the living room. I feel like I'm in the coat closet all the time pulling stuff out. Um, so the the two closets that we have that are not our closed closets work really really hard, and they have to serve multiple purposes and hold a variety of things. So our coat closet is sort of our garage and our linen closet, I call it our linen closet. Mm-hmm. It does hold it holds anything um, to do with our bathroom source, towels, right. our bedding. Um, it's our medicine closet because it's the only space that we can put our, anything that has to do with health and vitamins have to be stored. Right. In there. Or I store extra decorative things that might be like our pillow covers that I swap things out for, you know, seasons or which is when I'm bored. Um, it really is sort of the, I don't know, another sort of catch-all. But we, we know what's in there. We, everything has a specific place. So that's sort of what we're working with. Our closets have to be organized. Yeah. We have to know what's in there so that we, it's easy for us to find, to find things. Well, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm assuming that of your clothes closets, you're, they're not palatial walk-in closets. They're like normal closets. They're just normal closets. Yeah. yeah. They are just normal closets. We are fortunate. They are walk-in closets. They're not big walk-in closets, um, but they are, technically, we can walk We can walk into them. They're not like California closets or, any, or anything like that. Right. You know? But we I do. Mean, and my son's closet is quite, it's pretty, it is. It's pretty small and it is packed to the brim. And we've had to get very creative in that closet. But yeah, and I mean, they're New York. They're New York closets, you know. Right, and that's what, I guess that's really what I wanted people to understand before you start sharing your tips. It's, you're, you really have ordinary closets. And like you said, you don't have an attic and you don't have a garage and you don't just have all these overflow areas that so many people have. So I, I just wanted to be clear on that so that people don't listen to your tips and they, Oh, well, she probably has, you know, a giant walk-in closet. No, like these are ordinary closets. Yeah. They're ordinary closets. They are. I would love for you to just share your best tips for staying organized um, when space is limited. So what are your strategies for doing that? I have a few things that sort of go by that I sort of ask myself um, when something new comes into our our space. Um, The first thing that I sort of think has to be asked, first of all, is what location makes the most sense for this item? Um, Where is there room in a closet to store, but which, but not just where is there room in a closet, but specifically for us, because our closets are two closets that we use our, our workhorses. Yeah. One of those closets make the most sense. Okay. Does, that make, does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so for us, it's like our closets are, are so categorized that when something comes in and they're storing certain things, it's like, we have to, you know, we have to sort of move some stuff around. Something might have to leave. 
you know, something comes in, a lot of times something has to go. I'm sure you've heard, I'm sure you've heard that tip before. Um, but where does it fit? So for example, if I, you know, if bring in something as simple as an umbrella, right? I'm not going to put my umbrella in my clothes closet for us for it to be in our coat closet because it's close to the door, or I'm not going to store linens. I'm not going to store linens in our coat closet because it just wouldn't, it just wouldn't make any sense for us. Now, for some people, they might just have one closet. And that might be the only closet that they have. They have to serve. It has to, for us, where our closet serves as our luggage and tools and everything else, it might have to serve as a coat closet and a linen closet for for someone else, you know. Um, The other thing that I would ask myself is, is this something that I need access to on a daily basis? Or is it something that I will need just, you know, a few times a year? Can it be in an out of reach sort of location? Or do I need to be able to access it frequently? Um, First dog gear, we use three to four times a day, you know, so I have to have a specific place in the coat closet for that. I don't want it out in our, and out in the open. So it's like, it has to be tucked away. It makes me feel a little bit more sane if it's sort of tucked away. Um, our air mattress though, we only use an air mattress a couple of times a year. So it makes no sense for that to take up, you know, valuable real estate in the bottom of our linen closet when I'm only going to use it a couple of times a year. So that's something like that is it to go in a less, in a way out of reach location that I can get on a step stool and grab it when we need it. There's no re- reason to store something like that yep, yep. at the bottom, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. Winter gear. We have, you know, this has been a very mild winter for us this year in New York, but winter gear, we have, we have a couple of bins in our coat closet that are easily accessible by me, by my husband, by my my child, we can pull them out when we need it. It's like, you know where it is. You can go grab it. You get your hat, your gloves, your scarf, and it's right there in the coat closet. So is it something that I'm going to need access to daily or can it be in an out of reach location? The other thing is makes total sense, but group similar items together. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I said, we have a son who's 12 now, but from the moment that he was young, We've always, I'm probably a little OCD about it, but we are very much about keeping toys together that are similar. So he's always had a bin for things that made, it was a bin that made noise, right? Whether it's music, whether it's a birthday card that he wanted to listen to over and over again because it played music, whatever it might be. It's something that makes noise. It goes into a bin. If it has wheels, it goes into a bin. If it's balls, it's in a bin. If it's art, like everything has its own specific place. And it made it easier for him. And we were trying to teach him early on how to keep his room tidy and how to clean up, you know, clean up time. It made it easy for him because he knew exactly where those things needed to go. And we knew how to help encourage him to put those in the proper places. And it just makes it easier just to find, just to find stuff. Um, Let's see, there's another one, like we have a big bin in our coat closet. It's sort of a, um, I don't say a big bin, but it's a bin for all of our beach gear or it's our park stuff. So, you know, we live near Central Park. So we have a bin that has our picnic blanket. It has a kite. It has buckets for the beach. And it's just, it's literally all of our outdoor gear is in this one little thing in the coat closet. So if we're going to go to the beach, I know I can just go up top, pull it out, get a couple of buckets out, and then, you know, and then walk out the door. Um same thing with sunscreen, you know, it's like there each spot, each thing has its own little place. I mentioned before our dog here, we have a special little, Ikea has these amazing flat um, sort of plastic. They have some that are nicer, that are wood, that are, yeah, yeah. Um, these plastic bins that fold out, they're technically shoe storage and it's perfect because they're narrow. They don't take up any space. 
um, take up very little spaces, I guess. Is yeah, what yeah. Yeah. That's where we store all of you know, our dog gear, our leash, his coat, his boots, his, yes, his boots. Um, <laughs> salt on the sidewalks. Um, which is ridiculous. He hates them. So we hardly ever wear them, but um, you know, it's just where everything for him is going to go. It's going to go in that. So group similar items together so that you know where that you're yeah. going to find them. The other thing are some baskets and bins are, are your friends. I mean, they are, they create them for a reason and they are our, just the sort of Holy grail for organization. They are the perfect way to hide, to hide your stuff to, and it doesn't even have to be neatly. If, it, if you just want to just throw it in there, just it's something at least it corrals it. You know, it keeps things together, keeps your like items together, and you know where things are. It's the, it might be a basket by your door for flip flops, you know, because flip flops yeah. tend, tend to get like shown everywhere. Oh. So whether it's a little basket for that or a little basket for your umbrellas by your door, or, and, you know, and we had a kitchen in our very first apartment in Brooklyn that had no, drawer whatsoever in the entire apartment there was not one drawer in the kitchen there was not one drawer in the bathroom and so when we got our very first drawer our second apartment it was like I thought I hit the lottery I was like it was in our bathroom and I was like we have a drawer it was amazing but we had no drawer in our kitchen and so like you put your you can put your utensils your silverware and just a cute little container on your countertops you know you have to kind of get creative and think a little bit a little bit out of the box. Um, it might be those, those great little, um, what do you call those little organizers that you put in your kitchen shelves? Yeah. Organizers. Those are mm-hmm. not for kitchen. Like you can use those in your closets for stacking t-shirts or shorts or any sort of, you know, sort of clothes that you can fold up neatly. And it just you know, keeps things tidy and keeps things separated. Um, a basket in your living room just for obviously for your throw blankets or your pillows that you might not have room in your closet to store, but you can store them in a basket right. beside, you know, beside your sofa. Um, and you know, if you don't have a budget to go and buy baskets or sure. bins, you can use boxes. You know, we've actually in yeah. our closet now I've got a box that we've just sort of cut the, the top off of yep. and it's labeled bulbs, light bulbs, and <laughs> it stores our light bulbs. But it's like I know when we're at when the light goes out, I can go to the, you know, my little step stool, go to that shelf, pull out the bulb. You don't have to get fancy. It doesn't have to be a basket or a bin. You can use recycle, you know. Yep. Cereal boxes. Cover them with wallpaper or yeah. drawer liner if you want. Decorate it if you want. Have your kid decorate it, whatever. It doesn't have to be purchased. It's some Anything that can corral something together is is your friend when it comes to sort of organizing and staying. Just sort of staying. Yes. My final um, strategy, though, which I think is the one we live by probably more than we do anything, and it's just don't delay, put it away. That sounds so silly. No, I love it. I but love it. It's it's one of those things. If you don't, it it builds up and it builds up. It doesn't take it doesn't take a time to build up. It builds up fast. It really can build up. Right. Um, so when you're done with something, put it up. It might not happen. It might not happen that minute. It might not happen. You know, it might happen later in that night, but before we go to bed every night, we make sure things are put up. There's nothing on the table. There's nothing, things aren't put, things aren't laying around and straight around. We make sure we sort of tidy up before we go to bed. But for the most part, we clean up as we go and it helps our home just stay tidy. I get asked that all the time is your house, is your house always as clean? And yes, there might be some things laying around here or there, but for the most part, our house is basically kind of like what you what you see yes there's a comic book on my table right now because right my son left it there this morning but you know there there's going to be some things stored around but for the most part we put we 
tidy up as we go. Junk mail. Junk mail Girl. is like that is is just from the devil, right? I mean, it comes in waves constantly. For me, the minute it comes in the mail, as I'm walking, of course, we live in a building, so we have an elevator. As I'm in the elevator, as I'm going through, I'm sorting through the mail. And as I'm getting junk mail, before I even walk into my door, I open the garage, garage, I open the garbage door for our our floor. And I go ahead and I recycle anything that's junk. I try not to even bring it inside. And and if I do bring it inside, I immediately go through it and it immediately goes into my recycling bin. Whatever it is, I don't even play around with it. It doesn't lay it down. Because if it gets laid down, it's going to stay down. And and I'm just going to go ahead and put it straight in the recycling bin. So for us, that don't delay. Just go ahead and put it up. Because if, you know, eventually, you know, it, it will get overwhelming. And it's oh, yeah. if you're not doing it as you go, then it gets overwhelming. Then you're not motivated to do it. And then it just gets worse. And, and it worse. Just yeah. Snowball effect, you know? So that's I the main totally thing. agree. And I get that question a lot too, like, oh, your ha- or comments, just your house is like so clean. And I, it's the same. Like I see kind of daily messes. Like there is a period of time every day where there's homework strewn on our kitchen counter, but when they're done, it goes away. And I think that it, it takes so little time to do it as you go away or as you go along. Whereas if you let it build, then you're going to have to dedicate an hour or two. And that's when you, that's, that's when you're in a bad situation because it's hard for any of us to find an hour or two to do something. But 30 seconds here, 30 seconds there, it's easy. So I love that. Also, I have to tell you, I'm so, I've always had like envy for people who live in big cities. It's, I, I just find it fascinating and I wish I had done it for at least a portion of my life. And the garbage chutes in buildings are like the coolest thing ever. So I have a good friend who lived in kind of a high, what I would call a high rise building in the DC area. And every time I would go visit her, I was like, can I take your garbage out? <laughs> can I put it down Just the garbage chute? <laughs> yeah. Just do the slide and then it's the at the end. <laughs> so funny. Anyway. Very satisfying. Yeah, so you're talking about your junk mail, and I was like, oh, the garbage chute. It's so but that's so smart. You don't even have to take it in your house. Yeah. Whereas our habit is we the junk mail enters the house with us, but we immediately, and I mean immediately sort it, and we have um I don't know, kind of like a wall organizer. Like I call it a command center Mm -hmm. and then things kind of get categorized and we have one section of it that is for things to shred. And then once a week or so we shred it. My husband's very paranoid about her dress being on things. Um, I know. What we never do is just let it accumulate. We don't have a pile on the kitchen countertop that grows and grows and grows. So I told, I love it. Don't, don't delay, put it away. I need a shirt that says that. <laughs> I know, right? Start our own line. <laughs> okay, so those were awesome tips. What are some of the kind of, I, I'm going to use the term most clever storage solutions you have discovered over the years? Yeah, okay. I think um, obviously there's some obvious ones, right? Um, furniture that is storage. Um, there's very, I look around the apartment and there's yep. really in our apartment that does not have a drawer or a cabinet in it um because it's just in order for us to just sort of tuck things away it just it just needs to be a piece of furniture that i can 
put something inside of. Um, so as much as I would love to have a cute nightstand that's open and airy and small and quaint, like you see in all these cool simplicity, yeah. it's just not, it just isn't, that's not for us. Like we can't. So right. our nightstands have, each of our nightstands have three drawers and they are full. Like they are holding our stuff and yeah. I'm grateful for them for that. Um, so furniture that has a purpose, right? Um, under the bed, I think is one of the most unused spaces. Um, it, it, in a suburban home, it might not be necessary, but if you're renting and you don't have, you only have so much space, under the bed is valuable real estate. And I'm talking like you're you're looking at like you know a queen size bed underneath that yeah. like that's a lot that's a lot of storage. It so is, yeah. We always had our luggage stored underneath our beds up until we moved to this apartment. Our coat closet's large enough for us to put them. Um, we nest them inside each other and they okay. go in the closet. But we've we've had eight inch risers on, so we have a bed frame. We don't have a cute platform bed as much as I would love one. Our bed has to have a skirt. Yeah, because. There's stuff, you know, our gift wrap center is under there, you know, like there's, you know, there's, it's, it's storing things. It's neat under there, but it's storing things But we have the eight inch, eight inch risers that we used to have that our bed frame sat on top of. Yes. Provided, so smart. Yeah. It provided so much room. So our big suitcases easily slid underneath there. Um, so that's perfect. Speaking of suitcases though, inside your luggage is a fantastic place to store you don't close your seasonal shoes, uh, the coats that you're not using for that. You know, like it is a, your, it might hold your towels. Speaking of luggage, we store our luggage in our, in our coat, in our coat closet now Mm -hmm. because we have that space to do so. Um, But we, we also take our our luggage and we we nest them together. So they're, it, it makes so much difference and takes up so much less room if you put three suitcases together and put them in, you know, Put them wherever it is that you're putting them. We did that even when they were under our under our bed. We oh something I think that you're gonna like. We also <laughs> do behind our so behind our curtain. We do Genius. panels. We put things behind the curtain, which is perfect because no one's gonna think about it. And if actually if you go to our bedroom right now, um, you would see our vacuum planner is behind, so behind the curtain in our bedroom. So it's like one of those great like places just to like tuck things away that no one's gonna even realize it. And we use under our sofa. If you have a sofa that has a, a slip mm-hmm. cover that has a skirt at the bottom of it, you can easily put your things underneath that. So we've stored like anything that's flat. Flat, yeah. We've stored pictures that weren't being used or hung. We put that underneath it or even like behind it, slipped it behind that in the wall. Let's also use the back of our doors a lot. Each um, each one of us has a shoe organizer. Um they're so common. You can find them everywhere. I know a lot of people have them, but they don't just have to hold your shoes. They can hold your, no. toiletries. They can hold your toiletries. You know, you can put it in your bathroom if you don't, you know, for storing things. They're great, great, um, and they're not expensive. So it doesn't no. to have to choose something like that to work. Yes, out. that's so smart. And I will tell you, this is random, but we went on our first cruise and talk about an exercise in like small space oh, living. Yeah. But one of the tips I read before we went was to pack one of those shoe organizers and hang it and over, um, we did have like two little closets. So we hung it over one of those doors and it's exact, we used it for shoes, um, uh, toiletries. And yeah, so you're, it's exactly what you're saying. Like you don't have to just use them for shoes. Um, we had a closet once that we had one on the back of the door and we used some of the pockets for our batteries. For your batteries. Yeah. Smart. Yeah. You can use it for your craft supplies or, you know, it can literally, 
they anything endless for the shoe organizers. So we've never had an apartment that we've not had those. Um, we also use the back of our door for one of those ironing families. <laughs> like I, I, I don't know this because we're. I don't know what it is, but my husband and I both grew up with in the South, and we both grew up with moms who ironed, you know, everything. And we iron, I, mean, I don't iron our sheets or anything like that, but we have an iron and an ironing board. And all of our friends here in the city think that we're crazy because we actually physically own an iron and an ironing board. So we have an organizer that hangs on the back of our closet in our bedroom. No one sees it. It holds our right. board and our iron. No one sees it unless the door's closed because when it's open, you don't even yeah. know it's there. We're the only people that even knows that it's there, that it's there. And that's a, the behind the door, you know, perfect hiding spot for. Yeah, for sure. Those cabinet organizers in your bathroom are also a huge thing. Um, if you're lucky enough to have a cabinet underneath your sink, we've had apartments in the past that had a pedestal sink. And I always wonder why the landlord would put a pedestal sink in a bathroom when you don't have any you know, much stores to begin with. Yes. In this apartment that we have a cabinet underneath our sink. And I've gotten one of these super fabulous organizers, I think from the container store or something. It's made, it's got like wire, like wire walls and a bunch of different little um, plastic shelves that you can customize to fit into the cabinet to go around the pipe. Oh, that's amazing. Anything that you have to work around, it is fantastic. And it has little drawers that you can pull out for, so it's literally been a game changer as far as storing stuff rather than just shoving things inside the cabinet where you can't find it. We have everything has a specific spot. We each have a little specific spot in um, underneath our bathroom sink, and that is, and you can use them in your kitchen sink. You yeah, know? for yeah. sure. That was such Those a good thing. Fantastic. So, yeah, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of extra, you know, fun little things that you can do. You just gotta get creative with it. You know, you just gotta like, you just kind of gotta think outside of the box. You know, you've got to where where can I hide stuff? You know, where can I hide something that no one's gonna see it? Well, and I think the other thing that's important to do also is just kind of, it's like really just a simple mind shift, which is accept that you're not going to, you're probably not going to buy a giant thing of paper towels at Costco and, or a giant thing of toilet paper, because you just don't have what I kind of think of as overflow storage. Um, But I think sadly, a lot of people who are living in small spaces, they still, um, I don't know, they still have kind of the same shopping habits as what is almost becoming the norm, which is, you know, buy 85 things of paper towels at once, but you don't need to do that. And I think just accepting that and moving on with your life is very freeing because then you're not fighting this uphill battle of where am I going to put this? You're not going to put it anywhere. You're going to have two rolls of paper towels and you're going to be just fine. Yeah. I don't think we've ever in our whole, in my entire adult life, I don't think I've ever bought more than two rolls at a time. I might have bought three, maybe max three. Um, but for the most part, we buy two. One goes underneath our sink. One goes on the kitchen counter. Um, and it just prevents us from buying like excess, you know, I don't buy extra, I don't buy a ton of extra, um, you know, toilet paper or whatever. It's like, you know, I might have a a few that are in our bathroom and there might be a few extras that are sort of tucked away somewhere in our linen closet. But even in our bathroom, we've taken one of those paper towel rolls Mm -hmm. that looks like a, um, like, you know what I'm talking about? It's kind of like on the stick that you stick on top of your counter. And we used, we put like three to four rolls of toilet paper on that. So that's a really like, so smart. tucking like your toilet paper away. Um, but yeah, we don't buy, we just don't buy in bulk. It means we have to shop more frequently. It means we have to go to the store more often, 
but it just, but it also means that we're not buying a ton of stuff that we don't need. Because I think a lot of times when you're buying an excess like that, you forget that you even have it. Yep. It's <laughs> away somewhere. And then, you know, one day you're like, you know, cleaning out the closet and you're like, oh my gosh, there's, you know, 25 rolls of toilet paper. <laughs> you know, so it's like, you yeah. just don't have to, I guess it's also sort of shifting your thinking, you know, and what is it that, totally. what is it that I really need, you know? Well, and what is it that matters to me? And I think when you make the, the conscious decision that it matters to you to not have visually cluttered spaces and it, it matters to you to just have an aesthetically beautiful space, it be, it doesn't feel like a sacrifice to not buy paper towels in bulk. The the payoff is you don't have paper stacked in the corner of a room. Mm-hmm. So it and I I actually um a friend of mine who lives in Europe where I think just in general um homes are smaller and there's less storage space. Her name's Chrissy Houghton. She her site is Organize My House. She's also speaking at the summit, but she recently sent out an email. And I thought it was so good because it was really the whole gist of it was so many people find themselves wishing for more space, Mm -hmm. um, but actually living in a small space and being limited on space is, is a gift in and of itself because it really does make you more intentional about the limit. I mean, you are limited in what you can have in your space. And so you become you make choices with more intention than when you have lots of space. And so I think even just making that mindset shift, I was trying to like combine it into one word, can make a really, really big difference. Um, Just think of it as a gift. You are, because here's, I'll be honest, as somebody who lives in a house with a garage and attic, sometimes what happens is I'm kind of done with something or I'm not loving it. And so it like goes to live in the attic or the garage. Whereas that would never happen to you. You A, probably never would have brought it in your home to begin with if you didn't really love it. And if you, even if you loved it at one point, and when you're done with it, you would get it out of your house. <laughs> we purge pretty frequently. We go through our things and purge pretty frequently. My, we go through my son's room for his toys. We're get, we're constantly going through if it's not getting played with, and eventually we start making a we start making a little a little pile of things that we're gonna like. It's time to get rid of. Same thing with clothes. You know, as soon as we're we see that things aren't being done, I'd say about two. About two to three times a year, we go through our closets and yeah. get just, and just get rid of massive amounts of clothes that are just taking up unnecessary unnecessary space. But yeah. you know, it's just being super intentional, like you said, about what you're bringing in, about what you're keeping. Um, one thing I wanted to touch on because I forgot to mention it back when we were talking about some store solutions right. is we lived in our apartment in London because you know you were talking about being really limited on mm-hmm. storage space and, and maybe it's a european thing we had yep. one closet in our entire in our entire apartment and it was not a big closet it was not right. one rod and um, ended up getting and installing a second rod for that to underneath it and installing like a real rod underneath it you can find right. rods that have hooks that just hang on yep. to our existing rod and they just sort of extend down mm-hmm. we have those in our closet now actually okay. um but this particular closet, I ended up installing a rod to make a double. So it helps to have two. To have two. Oh yeah, it makes a big difference. But we also had in our bedroom because we didn't have a closet in there. We had an armoire um, that we had brought in from our apartment when we lived in New York. Because we we've left New York. I've mentioned that twice, and I've come back. But we had moved all of our furniture to London, and we had this giant—not giant, but it was a, a, a 
for a wardrobe armoire. And we, I guess I could just say a wardrobe. Yes, a wardrobe. A wardrobe. So we had a wardrobe, but I ended up taking a tension rod and attaching it to sort of wedging it between the wardrobe and the wall and creating a whole other hanging space in our mm-hmm. bedroom, you know, we had to kind of get creative and think out of the box that we needed some hanging, like we needed some space to hang our clothes. And that was sort of the best option. Oh, so smart. And it was a little curtain. No one knew it was, you know, no one really knew it was there but us. Um, and it wasn't beautiful and pretty, necessarily the prettiest thing in the world, but it was functional. And then there's sometimes you just have to choose. Sometimes you have to choose function. Oh, absolutely. Over aesthetics and, and some situations, you know, and this was one of those spots. We were just trying to get by. We were just oh, that's to- so smart. But at least, yeah. I mean, covering it with a curtain that has a fabric that you love. Yeah. That's so yeah. smart. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I love all your tips for, like, clever organizing. I never would have thought of some of them ever. Um, so you kind of blew my mind. I am so grateful to you for doing this. I think these tips are amazing. I know people are going to be inspired by them. So before we wrap up, because I know people are going to just love you and want to connect with you. So where can they do that? You can find me on Instagram. I'm at sweet underscore domicile. How good was that, y'all? I hope that that gives you a taste of what the sessions in the Beautiful Home, Beautiful Summit are like. Although I would say they're even better to watch because you get to see the speakers and you get to see photos that we add into the interviews. Um, So be sure to check out Nicole. Again, her handle on Instagram is at Sweet Domicile. And y'all get excited and ready for this year's uh, Beautiful Home, Beautiful Life Summit. Again, registration is going to open on February 1st, and the event will actually begin on February 16th. So that is it for this week. Um, Next week, I am going to be back to share a session from last year's summit on how to deal with the emotions of decluttering. And if that is something you struggle with, you do not want to miss it. The tips are going to help you so much. And if you have a minute, please take a moment to leave us a review. It helps so much in just helping other people find our podcast. And please continue to tag us on Instagram and share what you do while you listen. You can tag me at Tasha.Kaleidoscope. All right, y'all. Thanks so much for listening. And I will be back next week. So until then, have a fantastic week.